Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome back once again to a brand new episode of Sweeten Up, episode number 37. I am your host, Jeff Spencer, coming at you from my podcast studio located in the wonderful, the beautiful Newtown, Connecticut. Thank you so much for taking some time to join me today. I greatly appreciate it. Whether you have for a while or you are today for the first time, it means a lot to all of us here at the podcast. As always, if you like what you hear on the podcast today, please be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts so that you never miss a future episode. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Nut Podcast. Also, if you have a suggestion for the podcast, want to write into the show, or would like to be a guest on the podcast down the road or know someone who you think would be a great guest down the road, please reach out to us at sweetenuppodcast at gmail.com. We appreciate you for reaching out. We've gotten a lot of emails lately, so thank you so much for that. Real quick, before we get to this episode of the podcast, I would like to remind everyone that the Sweeten Up Podcast store is live. Yes, that is right. You can now buy Sweeten Up merch for all your friends and family, or maybe for yourself. All of our products come with a small QR code on the back, so that if someone asks you what Sweeten Up with Jeff Spencer is, they can scan the code, start listening to the show just like that. We thought it was neat, and we hope you all enjoy the store. Any feedback or recommendations, please, of course, let us know. With that being said, my guest on the podcast today was the great and powerful Taylor Jean O'Brien. Taylor Jean O'Brien is the public relations specialist for the city of Danbury. She started in the mayor's office in 2016 working for former mayor Mark Bowden. She is a graduate of Syracuse University, 40 under 40 winner this year for Fairfield County Business Journal, and executive producer of the infamous Live at Five. We had a really great conversation, diving into Taylor's background with the city of Danbury, what it was like starting in the mayor's office straight out of college, her time working with the legendary Mayor Mark Bowton, what it was like meeting John Oliver and having Danbury a part of his show last week tonight, and so much more. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to love this one. Here she is, my friend, the great, the wonderful, Taylor Jean O'Brien. Joining me on the podcast today, live via Zoom video conferencing, what an honor this is to have this wonderful individual on the other side of my computer screen. She started in the mayor's office in Danbury with Mayor Mark Bowden in 2016. She's a graduate of Syracuse University, 40 under 40 winner this year for Fairfield County Business Journal, the executive producer of Live at Five, the high priestess of all communications for the city of Danbury, mother of dragons, breaker of chains, the great and powerful, Taylor Jean O'Brien, t.obrien at danbury.cd.gov to be exact. And thank you so much for joining me this evening, Taylor. And how are you doing? Thank you. You can keep going if the list uh, goes on any further. I'm, I'm open to it, but I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's a long <laughs> list, so I had to make sure I covered everything. And um, I, think it was, I think it was nice. I think we covered everything. And listen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I mean, everyone in the Danbury area and beyond, we love you because you've done so many great things, not only yourself, but with Mayor Mark, ex-Mayor Mark of uh, Danbury, <laughs> Connecticut. And one place I like to start with my guests, especially with everything that's going on right now with COVID-19 is, you know, how are you? How's your family, your coworkers during this difficult time? And, um, you know, what could you say? Thank you for asking that and all the kind words. Um, yeah, we definitely don't get that question all the time, but I don't think it really bothers us. Um, I think in public service, we're just ready to keep moving on to the next day. You know, I'll, I'll work really closely with our health director who I check in with her every day and I say, how are you doing? Because it is a busy time for us. But, you know, I think we were always prepared when I started in the office. You knew anything like this could happen and you have to step up when you're ready to step up. So I'm good. My family is good, thankfully, in good health. But as far as work goes, I mean, I'm I'm there every day, so I'm happy to be home. I'm happy to be on here with you right now. This is fun. Exactly. No, this is this is great, and um, really appreciate you giving me some of your free time. I mean, it's a crazy time right now with everything that's going on, especially in a city like Danbury with COVID. You know, how has it been navigating COVID, and what was it like on that that day back in I'm I'm assuming March or maybe sooner? What was that like when everything just kind of hit the fan, so to speak? Are you talking about March 7th, 2020 at 5 p.m. when I got a phone call from Mayor Mark Bowden saying, hey, the governor's on his way? 
Um, <laughs> things were crazy. Yeah, we all gathered now that you think about it in City Hall on a Friday night um, when we found out we had the first case was in Danbury for the state of Connecticut. You know, in that moment, we had every face in that room that was going to be a part of this journey that we've been on for almost a year now. So at the time, I think we had an idea of what to expect, but we weren't 100% certain on the way our days were going to go from that point forward. But, you know, everything changed uh, on that day. And we, we've we just been at it really ever since. Now with vaccines, which is just a wonderful uh, thing to say 10 months later, but we're really happy that we're at this stage. But back in March, um, things were scary. And we took from being at work every day, many offices then were sent home, uh, schools closed. Um, they're actually just now uh, reopening soon is the plan. So it was a crazy time and a lot has happened since then. But I think we're looking forward now, which is positive news. Right. No, that is that is positive news. And, you know, how important is what you do? And if you could explain for the listeners of the podcast what exactly it is your position with the city of Danbury and how important is your job in regards to getting out information to people in regards to COVID-19 so that they know how to best prepare or they know where to get PPE or donate PPE, um, where they can get tests. I mean, I unfortunately uh, was diagnosed with COVID-19, just recently recovered. And, you know, I, I turned to you when I was looking for a test because of your position. So how important is your position for the, the current environment right now? And I'm, I'm very glad you've recovered. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's true as a public relations was what I had been doing. But uh, in this role, it's really a public information officer became just the title I assumed. But yeah, at the beginning of this, a lot of people just wanted to help. So not knowing how to help, uh, you know, that's where I had to step in there and say, hey, if you have a spare box of gloves, if you have a spare N95 mask and the amount of people that came to me through my email, through dropping off at our front door, I would go and pick up, you know, if somebody had something at a warehouse or an extra box of shipment that they weren't using, I would go pick it up. I would then drive it either to the hospital or to the fire department or to a nursing home. And, you know, people were so ready to step up. So I knew that they were looking for the information. And at that point was when you know, I revamped our website. We have a ton of information on the city of Danbury website. We really utilize social media. And I'm sure we will talk about my one best decision I think we made was deciding instead of a daily press release or daily just posts, we figured this information is so dynamic. Let's do daily live updates. And, and that's what we did back in March. And it really, I hope, helped the community. I, I believe it did based on the feedback. But Having that connection with social media that we had already laid the foundation of since I'd been in my job for about four years prior, we had that platform and we were able to really utilize that, which I'm really proud of. That's awesome. That's really great. And you know, I'm curious, what were you doing before you became um, public relations for the city of Danbury and working with Mayor Mark and and everything like that? You know, what was your your uh, prior role? This is my first full-time job after college, actually. So I've been with the mayor since I graduated. Well, new mayor now, but I was with uh, Mayor Mark. I was fortunate to have that role after school. Um, prior to that, I had worked, it's funny you should ask, because I had worked for a yoga studio and my boss only knew that about me. And I actually told him today, my chief of staff, that I used to work for a lobbyist. It seems everyone forgot that information and only associate me with my yoga, which I, I love, but I did work for a lobbyist. I studied political science. That's how I came into this. But um, no, this is really, this is where I've been since um, after I graduated. So I, I just kind of took on my job and made it up as I went along, really creating social media. I made a new website in 2017. We had one that hadn't been updated since the 90s. So I really just took that on and said, hey, what can we do to make it better? And fortunately, when the world went virtual, we had the platforms in place. That's really great. And I could obviously tell that it's, it was a great idea and that everything you've been doing is super great. Because like I said, when I was looking to get a test and everything like that, the Danbury uh, website was just incredible. It was super easy to find a test, super easy to find the information that you really need to find right away. 
And it's true, you know, some of the government websites um, I've seen are city websites, you know, you name it, town websites, they can be really outdated and hard to get information. So it's good that we have you in there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And I'm glad that you brought up the word live before, because I think that's a good segment into something that was really extremely popular um, that the city of Danbury that you and Mayor Mark did and, and John Barney over there and the, um, and the offices of the city of Danbury. And what could, you, what could you tell us about how Live at Five came together and how much fun it was to, to be the executive producer and everything like that? My titles on that show have grown. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So back in March, right, when this was getting started, I had originally suggested, I pitched the idea probably a year prior on doing a live Q&A with Mayor Mark because he actually was doing a Saturdays with the mayor where people would come in. And I said, you know, a lot of people can't get here on the weekend. Why don't we do this, this live idea? So back in March, he said to me, I think it's time. I think it's time we do that. Um, why don't we test it out? Uh, we had on our health director... For the first one, I believe, we, we tested it out. We said, you know, who's going to tune into this? Will people watch it? I think we had 20,000 viewers on that first one. So from there, we just grew it. You know, we started doing it at 5 p.m. Uh, first, it was daily, if you remember. I don't know how we got through one of those every single day, but we ended up coining it. The mayor, I think one day just said, we're live at 5. And I started titling it live at 5. It definitely stuck. It's a very popular hashtag in the Danbury community. Um, But yeah, just it stuck. And we said, you know what? As things were happening in the country, we were like, you know, we can talk about current events. We don't, you know, we will update on COVID, but we're going to talk about everything that's going on. We answer questions. We were answering questions from residents who just wanted to know about everyday services that City Hall offers. And it just became this forum for people to get their questions answered. Even if we don't answer them live, I would go in the comments after um, Mayor Mark would go on his page on the comments and we would just answer the questions that people wanted to know. And it actually helped me because I would figure out somebody isn't finding that information right away. So then I could go back to the website and make it more uh, visible you know, on that page or change how I approach a certain conversation based on the feedback from residents. So the transparency there was the best thing I think we could have done, especially during the height of the pandemic. But yeah, it became this fun, it ended up going to twice a week, but it became this just fun, like half hour that, you know, me, um, Mayor Mark and Jonathan would spend in his office twice a week. And it just, yeah, it just became like this kind of like a bonding for us because we always knew what we wanted to go in and talk about. And it changed as people asked different questions and it just grew into this, um, you know, just wonderful thing. I mean, I get stopped. I got stopped at a gas station the other day from a live at five fan. And I was just so happy. You know, it's not somebody I might've talked to or had met, or maybe somebody that wouldn't call city hall and ask a question, but they were there in that chat, you know, getting their questions answered, which is just, I'm so grateful that we were able to do that. That's awesome. You know, I can't tell you how many people said to me, you know, Live at Five is so great. And I really wish my mayor would do Live at Five or my first select uh, selectman or select woman would do Live at Five. And it drives people to want to tune in and want to hear about what you, you know, what you guys had to say that day and what was going on in the city of Danbury and, and everything like that. And it was a great way to promote the city. You know, you had great guests on and it was very informative. I would get alerts on Facebook of, of it going live and I would just be like, hit it with my finger, tune right. You know, it's just amazing. And speaking of great things that were done by, you know, with yourself and, and Mayor Mark to promote Danbury, how about the whole situation with John Oliver, where John Oliver in the end got his name, was named. I don't, who are you talking about? After the uh, the sewer. <laughs> so what could you say to everyone listening, how that came together, John's show, and sort of, you know, sort of the, the background, the behind the scenes that people didn't really get to see from everything that transpired? I've been waiting, waiting to tell my story of John Oliver. <laughs> um, no, it's so, it is so chance. Um, you know, I'm studying communications right now, and we we've talked about marketing and opportunity and um times where you know you you have to take what what comes at you and one day 
on HBO, John Oliver made fun of Danbury. And he targeted us. He targeted our children and everyone in our city, right? So we woke up the next day, and and that was the that was the crushing blow for me. The <laughs> you can't make fun of the railway museum. Come on. Well, I mean, he did say it was charming. So I, you know, we were so shocked. We were like, who? Know, how does he know Danbury? Like, where did they find this information out? That was a, my first question for producers. But I'll get to that. But. Immediately, we said, you know, we have to make a response. We can't let this sit. And it was, we were pitching some ideas, throwing things around. And I just remember um, Mark coming out of his office and saying, what if I name the sewer plant after him? And we said, that was his idea? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to take credit for that beautiful idea that came from him. Um, It was great. It was hysterical. We just said, you know, you know, we laugh, right? Him and I have said this to each other so many times. We will be cracking up and we say, are we the only ones that find us funny? Does right. no one else find us funny? Right. Thankfully, um, we came up with like a script. We made this video, the first one. And with organic reach on Facebook, no paid marketing, just put it on Facebook. They saw it. Everyone else saw it. They responded on HBO again. That was our communication with them. Wow. Through video, back and forth, back and forth, until our second video had come out. We agreed to do it. And then I got the first call. So (laughs) we really talked on video, which was, to me, mind-blowing. But they found it. They were listening. Uh, The Hat Tricks made their video. Um, Our Danbury Caillou Ninja made his video, if you remember. And they were watching. They were out there watching, and they ate it up. They they loved it. So they reached out. And again, the first thing I asked was, why Danbury? And they said, they looked at a map, and they said, okay, um, a big city might not make sense. So let's just pinpoint. And they found, oh, that one. That one looks good. And I said, well, you picked the right one. Plus, there was a previous history, right, with Mayor Mark being on the show when he had the uh, pitch for Amazon to come to Danbury. They did. They did a clip of him. Yes. So I don't know if they put that together, but they did do a clip of him and they kind of made fun of it. And now the mayor, Mayor Mark, was the first one to use the Alexa, what city should uh, HQ come to, right? He was the first one to do that. And uh, I think DC did it. I think like Austin, Texas did it. So but right. we were first. Um, but yeah, they showed that clip too. So we, yeah, uh, we've been on John Oliver a couple times. I think he's a little obsessed with us. I, I don't know what else to say, but now he has a forever place in our beautiful city. Mayor Mark is a great sport. I think that's what it is. He, he just, he's serious, but at the same time, he, he knows how to have fun in a, in a way that promotes what his job is to promote the city of Danbury. I mean, what, what other job is there when you're, you're a mayor of a city? Um, or even work for a city. I mean, you're always trying to promote your city. But when John Oliver came to Danbury, what was that all like? Was that two weeks? That was about two weeks before it aired, right? Yes, yes, which was pretty crazy because, you know, they're like, hey, with COVID, you know, John hasn't been out. Um, He's been, you know, he was quarantining basically. Every show he did was at home. So they were worried. And I mean, I was rightfully worried that, you know, obviously if people wanted to meet him, of course, you know, if he's coming to Danbury, but because of the pandemic, that couldn't happen. So, you know, I was working with the producers and we just, you know, picked this day and time and <laughs> went to the sewer plant. I got there at 6 a.m. and met them. Um, what's funny about it is he showed up. I was told he was coming from a different entrance I had provided. And I was at another one and a car shows up and I'm standing by myself at this point. And, you know, I thought it was just the driver because I had seen the driver. And someone opens the door and he makes eye contact with me and I'm making eye contact with him. And he just says, Hey, I'm John. And he turns around, he sees the stage and he says, this is awesome. <laughs> well, he really is just like on his show. Like he, he- normal guy. Yes. Just oh, like a show. Great. Wow. Oh, I was just like, Hi, I'm, I'm Taylor. Okay. This is great. Um, wow. But yeah, it was awesome. He was so funny. He found us. They, they had kept saying he needs a secret location to discuss with his team. I was like, all right, this guy sounds a little, you know, 
he needs us. Okay. He'll be private. He'll go over there. What happened was he was putting on that costume. If you saw, he had the costume on from contagion <laughs> and it was a surprise. So they had live reactions of um, mayor Mark watching him walk down with that. It was, it was perfect. I mean, it was, it was so funny. That's how they met as he's walking in the costume and we just cracked up. Um, he actually, we had to wait about 30 minutes because he fogged up his entire suit. <laughs> so we couldn't film. Um, oh, but it was so fun. He was so nice. His team was just outstanding. They had everything to a T planned and our public works department built a stage in two days. So I shout out to them. Shout out to Antonio, our public works director. Wow. That's really <laughs> That just goes to show, you know, the city of Danbury will do fun things. They'll do whatever it takes to to promote Danbury and have fun. For for a lot of money. We got a lot of money for charity. We have to make that clear. Yep. I mean, he donated he donated to our charities, but then we did the feeding our neighbors challenge because of what he did. I don't know if you recall that, but we just raised a hundred thousand dollars for our food pantries, all from an idea from our banks, which are phenomenal, who said, hey, let's capitalize on this and keep going. And we raised $100,000. So it's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of money was 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 donated and raised, you know, from John Oliver and from great people all over. And what a, what a great thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a win-win, essentially. You know, especially with the year we had. I mean, what better to have something light and fun happen like that? And that was one thing people said. They were like, man, this moment is just so great given how the year has been. This is just funny and hilarious and everyone wins. It's an episode that I'll be looking back on for a while. I'm sure you will for a while too. <laughs> yeah. Man, I can't believe this happened. Like, I can't believe, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people thought that it was someone on his team that used to live in Danbury or family in Danbury or something like that. But that that's really funny. Yeah. Uh, finding that out, it was random. So, I mean, again, we just, we capitalized on it and it really made sense. I mean, we had, I think like hundreds, over a hundred people write in letters of support to the city council that we read into the record, which is just, we get less for the budget. So we had more people write in to support the John Oliver Memorial Memorial Sewer Treatment Plant, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And people can visit the sign, right? Yes. We move the sign closer to the front of the entrance so it doesn't disrupt any of our actual work because this is a working site. It was becoming an issue <laughs> immediately. But um, yes, it's right in the front. And if you go to Google Images, it's amazing how many people have already been there. People are driving hours, hours to come into our city, hopefully, you know, spend money at our small businesses. And it's a tourist attraction. It's amazing. That's awesome. So talking a little bit more about your time with Mayor Mark, given that really awesome uh, story and event that took place, you know, what was your first thoughts or impressions of Mayor Mark on your first few days working with him? <laughs> it's funny. Um, I have known him not on that level, of course, but for, you know, since I don't know how old was I when he became mayor, right? Under 10 years old, but he, my dad's a city police officer. So yeah. So he works for the city. So I've, you know, he, it was his boss, um, for years. My grandfather had done some real estate with Danbury. Um, you know, my uncle's on the zoning commission. So I had known who the mayor was, of course, growing up here, but I did not, realize like how funny and just like, um, you know, he's charismatic. We know this, he can talk to anyone. He's off the cuff. He does his speeches by looking at, you know, a couple words and he could say a 20 minute speech. I mean, it's, it's amazing, but he's just funny. Like we just had so, there were so many days where we would just have so much fun and he brings such a light with his office, the office references. And uh, there's, it's very much an office themed environment. I feel like when he, (laughs) was around uh, and I love it. it actually got me back into the office and I'm starting to binge all the episodes because of Mayor Mark nice yes I and I love the office so I mean every reference is just hysterical but yeah he never will stop with like referencing something funny just kind of making people laugh when we're really if we're stressed you know he could bring in a, a good comedic joke he's tough too I'm, I'll give him that on some days but yeah, he definitely brought some fun energy and it made my job just more enjoyable. Like I would be able to bring up ideas and know that I could probably do them. You know, we could probably get a lot of really fun things done that make people happy. And that was the whole point. So it was good. I know we were just talking about fundraising and everything. I know recently there was a fundraising event. Um, I know we touched on it briefly that 
you did with Mayor Mark. And talk to me about and talk to you know the listeners about what exactly that involved and what the bet was and what exactly took place once the fundraiser was over. <laughs> Are you talking about um, a little run that I might have done down Main Street? Yes. Um, yes. So. It was all over the news, so we got we to gotta hear about it. Oh, I'm so glad that all really worked out. But after John Oliver, I was approached by Union Savings Bank with the idea to do this Feeding Our Neighbors Challenge. So I said, I'm going to support you guys as much as I can. Let's get this off the ground. And every, I don't know, week or so, we would meet and strategize new ways to kind of come up with something creative to do to raise more money. So I said to the mayor... You know, on Live at Five tonight, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to say that I'm going to outraise you. I made a fundraising page and we're going to compete a little bit. So, on air, while on air, he decided that he's going to challenge me to run in a giant costume <laughs> as it was just Halloween. And then a co worker came in with this giant uh, unicorn costume. So, then we <laughs> went back and said, you know, he would wear this chicken suit, which he comes up with this a lot. He always said, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll bet them and I'll wear a chicken suit. I don't know why all he's ever wanted to do was run down the street in a chicken costume. This is a true story. So we said it on live live five and suddenly our account was growing. <laughs> we raised just between the two of us, just for this challenge, we raised $12,000 and decided that we would be fair, even though I won rightfully, but he said, we started this together. We're ending this together. Put on the costume. <laughs> and we did. And I, I just cannot believe that I am on like the news. I was literally on the news on television wearing a giant uh, unicorn costume, an inflatable unicorn costume with a motor. <laughs> so that happened. We ran. He yelled at me during the run to slow down. So he went at loose. This is true. <laughs> As we're running down, I mean, you should just, the video, they're online, but I mean, people are hysterical, like honking and waving and screaming things. Don't trip. And, uh, you know, you can hear everybody in the background, just like, what are these two people doing? Which I, was but like, <laughs> I think it just made sense. Like after the year we had of music videos and, you know, karaoke contests to raise money, this was just the finale. It was a beautiful race down, uh, down to main street. So. I'm happy. I won. That's all I have to say. That's great. And you know, to wrap up the Mayor Mark talk, unfortunately, <laughs> I love him so much. And I tell people, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people and people say, you know, man, Mayor Mark, he's so great. He's so great. And I always say, you know, the one thing I love about Mayor Mark that's very different than a lot of politicians you'll meet or talk to or, or anything like that. He's just a very common sense guy who, who d doesn't play into a lot of nonsense. He's very just, he is what he is and, and that's what you're going to get. And he, and he doesn't play into, you know, the rhetoric and the games and, and the stupidity. He, he's, he's just, I, and I really respect him for that. And one thing I want to ask you is when you found out that he was going to be leaving recently as mayor of Danbury, you know, what was your reaction and what is it, what has it been like now that he's, he's gone? <sighs> that was just a, it was such an odd day, you know, and I'm so happy for him. And that was the first thing I said to him. And I think what you just described, um, you know, it's shown he's, he's now going to work for the governor of the state. Clearly it's not a secret. Their parties are different. You know, people are, ha could have comments about that, but it's like, he's there to make a difference. He was there for Danbury and now he wants to do that. You know, he's had wanted to do that for the state of Connecticut. And there are a lot of people that, you know, he can help in these roles. And there are a lot of people he has helped in Danbury. So, I mean, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for him giving me a job, you know, <laughs> right after school. And I'm fortunate that I was able to really grow in this position. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, of course I was a little bit like, oh, this is, this is going to be a little different. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm used to um, this person that you see every single day. And, you know, I knew it was going to be a little different, but uh, fortunately, I have worked with the president of the council, who is now Mayor Cavo. He has, I've worked with him very closely, you know, over the past five years. So I knew that I was going to be comfortable kind of with a new boss. But yeah, I mean, it's a change. You know, I think we all have to say in the office, things have changed. But 
you know, we're happy for him. I really think that's what it is. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, I still, we're still in a group chat, so I know everything he's doing every day. So nothing has really changed. That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> big family. And you can, you know, and you could tell it was obvious. And that was one thing that I think people really love and respect about, about you guys and everything you did, because you could tell it was very tight knit and family environment. And, you know, I'm happy for mayor Joe. Because, you know, Mayor Mark was the mayor for a long time. And now, you know, someone else gets to do it for a little bit until, you know, the next election that occurs um, to, to elect a new mayor. And, um, you know, I, I wish everyone the best. And Danbury will be in fine hands because Mayor Mark is still hovering over. <laughs> Never leaving. He's, he's still right on downtown. Yep. Exactly. He's still over there at Kennedy Flats and, you know, <laughs> doing his thing. And, um, you know, and, and I'm really happy for him, too, because... You know, one thing I didn't mention is that with Mayor Mark, it's people over politics. And that's obvious with the job he took because he took it in a Democratic, um, you know, regime right now that's up at Hartford. And he did it because he knew he could help people. Yeah, exactly. Both sides. One great thing he did is for the last couple of years or few years, um, correct me if I'm wrong, taxes never got raised in Danbury. And right. So there's a reason why he's going to where he's going. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, cause I just see some people were like, Oh, you know, mayor Mark's a traitor. I'm, uh, you don't know mayor Mark then that's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's silly. I mean, I think Danbury is a really special community. I think people who are involved are doing it because they really love the city and truly believe that. And, you know, I think that's, that's what he did. He gave so much of his life really to this city. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about 20 years in the same position, but a lot of people, you know, it's, it's a political position, but to me, I mean, he was really running a city, you know, it's like a boss at any job. I mean, he was running it, you know, things change every year, but yeah, he kept, you know, the zero tax increase for the past two years, especially during COVID-19, you know, these are things that he knew residents would need. And, you know, I hope that in his new role, he could, you know, keep that same people over politics. I know he will. Um, that mentality. And I think it's a great thing. So I'm happy for him, like I said. And I think that, you know, again, uh, with our new mayor, he loves the people of Danbury. You know, he volunteered how the same amount of time, 18 years he volunteered on the city council. That is an unpaid volunteer job. They joke it's one meeting a month, but it is way more than that. And he was the president of it, you know? So, I mean, no one is doing this or giving that much time unless they really care about the people in the city that they're in. That's very well said. And, you know, Danbury government is tight knit, tight knit family. And, you know, to, to ask you a few more things, get to a couple more things before we, we take off because time flies when you're having, I know I'm having fun. (laughs) It'd be quick. (laughs) But, uh, and one of those things is 40 under 40 winner. Woo. (laughs) I haven't said this anywhere yet. You know, exactly. This is an exclusive right here on the exclusive. This year, Taylor, Gene O'Brien, t.obrien at danbury.ct.gov, 40 under 40 winner this year for Fairfield County Business Journal. Oh my gosh. What what is that like? Congratulations. And how does that feel? Thank you. Um, Oh, I'm so excited about it. Uh, I was nominated by the executive director of City Center Danbury, Angela Wong, who is a good friend and you know, she said this to me and I said, really? Oh, thank you. Like, that's so nice. You know, who knows what's going to happen. And what is amazing is I nominated our health director, who is uh, Kara Prunty. She is phenomenal. And we both won. So we both get to represent Danbury, which I'm so, so excited about. That's awesome. Well, congratulations to both of you guys. That's super. Yeah. That is that is really great. I mean, and, and you're doing so much. You're crushing it. You're very inspirational. Um, we've talked about this. You know, one other thing that you like to do, and we were saying in your spare time, is you're, you're a foodie. You have a foodie Instagram. Foodies. And, and it's <laughs> awesome. You have a crap ton of followers. <laughs> and you're you're crushing it. So uh, tell everyone about, about that uh, that side of the Taylor O'Brien. Thank you. Um, yeah, not a lot of free time. So I think because I do social media anyway for work, having the Instagram is just kind of fun. I... Yes, I am a person who posts pictures of what I eat. If we go to dinner together, I will say, hold on, hold on. Let me take a picture. Um, It gets annoying. It does. It really gets annoying. But no, I love it. I have a really good um, kind of community of people in there who are from Connecticut, which is great. I've gone out to 
you know, dinner events with some local food bloggers. There's some local food bloggers in Danbury. Uh, There's great restaurants I've been able to work with. So it's just really fun. It's like that fun thing I kind of do on the side. But yeah, I like I like Instagram. It's a good platform and I love food. So it's kind of a win-win there. Where can people follow you? At starting my diet on Monday. I'll warn you, I just I, I tell people to do yoga a lot. I'm like, you follow me. I mean, am I annoying? I'm probably annoying on there. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a great, yeah, great followers. Um, they're really kind and you know, I just it's fun. It's fun. So thank you for bringing that up. Where did the idea for the name come from? Yeah, I changed it. Actually, I started the account like years ago. I was following um, a vegan diet, actually, and it was called Everyday Vegan, which was, you know, it was fun and popular and I I enjoy plant-based food, but I changed it probably like two years ago. I just thought it was funny. I'm like, you know, I'm always starting a new diet, so why not make fun of myself? Um, but no, a lot of people find it humorous, which is kind of funny. So it's pretty catchy because, you know, after the new year, everyone's starting their diet on Monday. So right now it's it's pretty catchy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, no, it's a, it's a great Instagram. I like following it. I, I like to learn about new places. Um, I know the other day you were talking about, what's this deli you were talking about, Danbury, you really like? We just started going because um, it's Mayor Joe's. I don't know if I should say favorite because he has a, he has a few favorites. We love right now. We love Capers Two, who is awesome because they donate money from the Mayor Sandwich. So go get a Mayor Sandwich at Capers Two, and we love the Newtown Italian Deli because they give me gigantic salads, and I love gigantic salads the size of my head. So Newtown Deli. <laughs> It's right across from Public Works, so I think that's why we're always in the area. And um, Capers, too. But, I mean, I would name every restaurant in Danbury if I can because all small businesses are amazing and they are struggling right now. So I would support them as much as possible. We do try to order from different restaurants every day. We're pretty we're pretty big foodies in the office. So we're supporting all of our small businesses right now, but those have been some recent favorites. And, you know, have you heard anything about how Danbury restaurants and businesses are faring due to COVID, you know, people being creative with, with things, you know, things they have to do to conform to the guidelines and, and, you know, trying to be innovative and stuff like that. But have you, have you heard or noticed uh, any issues going on? Um, you know, I could give you a a number, which I'm really proud of. Um, we were recently asked to, you know, I, I sometimes fill out media requests and there was a request to find out how many of the places that had complaints um, were compliant upon surprise inspection, right? And we had over the last month, 96% of the complaints were compliant. You know, sometimes somebody will complain, hey, I saw somebody get up to the bathroom without a mask on, you know, something we maybe we're not going to catch that if we walk in. But when we go into these restaurants, the tables are spread out. Everyone in the back has a mask on the menus are now mobile, right? You know, people take a picture and and the menu pops up. Um, A lot of our restaurants are favoring the to-go menu and those options for people, you know, getting all those Uber Eats and all those apps to kind of go and deliver. But yeah, I mean, the compliance rate is really high in Danbury and we have a lot of restaurants. So this really helps our health department who go out and, and they'll inspect anywhere. You know, if you see something you believe is a violation, we'll go out and we take a tape measure and we measure those tables and these restaurants are really compliant. They are working really, really hard to do their best. So I'm really so proud of that. I think that we have really great business owners in the city and they work with us really closely. So I'm really proud of them. Um, you know, this is so difficult, but they're doing a great job to make it work. Uh, which is why I mean, supporting them. I, I, you know, I'm always saying, Hey, call the restaurant and do takeout. You know, that's the way they could get the most money. If you call them directly, go pick it up you know, help them because they're really, they're good people. They're trying to keep employed. Major shout out if I can to the Amber Room Colonnade because they have been providing meals at cost for our homeless shelter, for seniors in the Danbury community. And the owner, Doug, is doing this so he could keep people staffed. You know, that's how incredible um, these business owners are. They just want people to have their jobs. They want this opportunity not to, you know, not to lose their jobs because of what's going on. And that's what they're doing. So I'm just so beyond grateful uh, for the people in Danbury. Our business partners are really, really incredible. That's really awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, what are some hard parts of what you do for the city of Danbury? 
what's difficult. I know it's just so, so easy and rewarding. (laughs) Now, the one thing I'll say is, you know, I, my biggest thing since I started, and this is not just COVID related, but really since I started, I know that when people are getting to the point where they're calling the mayor's office, they may be upset about something. And my biggest goal since I started answering a phone, the first time I answered the phone to somebody yelling is I want to make them happy by the end of the phone call. (laughs) So, I mean, if I could just, I, I'm very reasonable, I think with people. So if they're upset about something, I'm not going to say, you know, I, I think typical, we hear government people will just say, all right, I'm busy, you know, let me hang up the phone. But I definitely am known as the person in the office who takes a lot of time <laughs> figuring out what's going on, what's wrong, tell me everything, let's go through it step by step, let me see how I can help you. So that's what I do. But it, it works. I really feel so you know grateful when somebody can get their issue solved. And I realize how you know simple it was, like what I can do to just help them. And um, that's the whole point of the job. It's, it's public service. It's customer service, really. It's just helping every resident with any issue that they have. So, I mean, not any issue. Is that kind of what made you want to get into the position and get into, um, you know, political science and and public service and and things like that? I wish I could say yes, but I actually studied political science thinking I was, um, I was on a pre-law track actually. And I ended up deciding not to go to law school. So when this position opened and I interviewed for it, you know, I didn't really know what to expect, but I realized that Immediately, I realized this is my community. These are people I know. These are organizations I've worked with or been to. So whatever I can do to make it better for them, you know, I'm going to do. I mean, I feel really, really connected to the Danbury community. So it's really just like I'm able to help the people that I grew up with. You know, it's, it's nice. It's really a good feeling. So I'm happy with the way uh, it worked out. And I can, you know, and I can tell. I can tell. And, and things have, have gone really well. And, you know, what are some proud moments that you could mention, um, you know, maybe not proud in, in the sense of like personal pride, but maybe just moments that you were involved in that really helped Danbury, maybe uh, or was was good for Danbury, maybe something, you know, obviously we, we talked about John Oliver, but maybe something else that took place that you were just very, very enthused about and just happy to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. Um I, I can always recall this because it was the first time I realized how how much of a community we're really in. You know, I think people in Danbury can, we have so many people in Danbury, right? I mean, it's just a huge community, but it really is a small town feel that everyone describes. And the first time I recognized that was when there was the hurricane in Texas. Do you remember the storm in Texas? Yes. Now we found out there was a town called Danbury, Texas. And Danbury was struggling a lot. You know, they were flooding. They needed help. They needed supplies. So we started a campaign. I worked with a member of the fire department who I'm so grateful brought up the name Danbury to us. I called the office in Danbury and I said, hey, uh, this is Danbury, Connecticut. We want to help. And we started a campaign called Danbury Helps Danbury. And within a couple of days, we had somebody donate. a company donate a giant tractor truck willing to drive it down, which they did incredible in the public, the Danbury community filled that truck with water bottles, with diapers, with shelf stable food, with blankets, with clothing. I mean, it was just, I literally was brought to tears at one point when I walked into the fire department and their entire garage bay was just full of donations that people were dropping off to give to people they have never met in Danbury, Texas. And I was just like, this community is amazing. Like they will come together and do anything. And I mean, it was just, it was so special to witness that. And all I can say is in March and April, when I needed donations for PPE, those same people were there at the door with dozens of masks and gloves and hand sanitizer and bleach and whatever they could find in their garage. And I mean, I'm just, I was just blown away really with the people in in Danbury. So just getting, I'm getting emotional here, Jeff. I just, I love this city. They are awesome. The people in Danbury are just incredible. That's all I have to say. (laughs) No, I'm I'm so glad you could share that story because I didn't know that. And and now I do. And, And that's, that's a really, really great story. And I'm sure people listening will really appreciate that. So thank you. And 
you're crushing it. You're inspiring. You know, 40 under 40, everything that you've done for the city of Danbury, um, the Instagram account where you're supporting restaurants, you're supporting local and maybe helping people really understand food and maybe find, you know, what they personally makes them happy with their diets and things like that. And, you know, what can you say to those who, you know, are listening, maybe struggling, having a hard time finding, you know, what they want to do or to be motivated? What could you say? I think what I would say that helped me the most and hopefully will help another person is find something that you do in your day that you feel passionate about. And I think that's hard to say. It seems like a big struggle, but I think as you go through your day, if you helped somebody that day, did that feel good? You know, did what you just did feel good when you're at work? Does that feel good? Maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe you're doing something that isn't making you happy. And I think we need to be happy to survive in life. And I, if you could do what you love, you're going to be happier. You know, I mean, I think if you find something that you just feel that passion that, Hey, this is a good thing. This is something that really can make a difference or not, you know, whatever you feel really passionate about, try to do that, you know, find a way to do that. Even if it's not your job, you know, volunteer, I'm a mentor on the side. I I think mentoring is just incredible. If that's something that, you know, you want to help kids, like go and do that. You know, there are opportunities in your community. I would say, go look for them because they're definitely out there. Um, and when you find them, I think you'll find your niche. You know, I want people to always know that if there's, if they feel like there's something more they could be doing, they probably can do it. And I'm sure there's a way to make it happen. That's great. I could not agree. I could not agree more. That was very well said. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> couple more things. And you know, what does the future hold? for Taylor O'Brien. Um, you know, I know that right now you're studying your master's at Purdue. Uh, yes. I'm sure that's going well. I'm sure it's a lot of work, but what does the future hold? I wish I could tell you. Um, you know, I had to answer that question for 40 under 40. And I said the same thing I'm saying now with public service, like even if, you know, wherever I, I land, I still want to find something I could do that feels rewarding. So even if I have to create my own path to do that, I'm willing to do that. You know, I want, like I said, I, I mentor. I really enjoy that. I want to keep finding those opportunities and doing them. So I, all I can say at this time, wherever I am down the line, I hope that I am sticking to my word and I am helping somebody or making a difference in my community. And that's the truth because I really enjoy this. I really enjoy my job. That's awesome. And you know, we could use someone like you at the highest of levels. So hopefully that'll happen down the line. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And one thing I like to ask my guests before they leave me, and who better to ask than you, is the question about pizza. (laughs) The best place to get it when you're in New Haven, Connecticut. And this question has developed so much over the months because, you know, certain people can't have pizza, celiacs, the like. Some people just don't care for pizza that much, which <laughs> my mind. But when you're in New Haven area of Connecticut, what is your favorite place to get pizza considering that has been declared the pizza capital of the country? And what places do you like in Danbury if you're willing to go that route? <laughs> and what restaurants do you like to eat at um, as well if you're willing to if you're willing to go there? Oh boy. All right. Well, you know it's funny, I do have a gluten sensitivity. However, when I am in the pizza capital of the world, New Haven, Connecticut, I will not miss an opportunity to get modern. Okay. Modern is my number one there. I know, but it's my number one. And I just get cheese. I love their cheese pizza. It's amazing. Um, they're phenomenal. I would say in Danbury, I actually used to work at Peppy's. I okay. worked at Peppy's Danbury when I was 18. Okay. True story. I ate probably too much of it because I work there, <laughs> but it's great pizza. The other ones I will say in Danbury, um, Soho and Michelangelo's at yep. work. We are Michelangelo's fans. That was Mayor Mark's favorite, Michelangelo's. Yep. He made us order it a lot. I will say delicious. Again, a great cheese. I'm a cheese. I just like cheese pizza and I think it's amazing. Oh, other restaurants though. Oh, I love Danbury. I can't name them all. I really like the new, um, Mary Posa. It used to be Maison on Mill Plain. I think they're doing a great job and uh, I love their food. So I would definitely check them out. And their sister restaurant, Pho Vietnam. Have you had the Pho Vietnam? I have. I have. I'm, I, I like going there a lot. Yeah. So good. Love so it. good. Those will be my top. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, that's good to know. Well, listen, Taylor, 
thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, um, you know, giving us some of your free time talking about Mayor Mark, Dan Barry, all the great things that took place this past year and beyond. And uh, thank you so much. Have a great evening. I look forward to speaking to you again down the line. Best of luck with everything. And thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Huge thanks once again to my guest on the podcast today, Taylor Jean O'Brien. Thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on the show and sharing your stories of your time so far at Danbury City Hall. Love everything that you've been doing. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon and getting a bite sometime as well. Yet again, just like that, another episode of Sweeten Up is in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate your feedback. As a reminder, you can play the podcast with the help of your smart speaker by simply saying, play the podcast Sweeten Up with Jeff Spencer. Thank you as always to my best friends, the guys who make it all possible, post-production and music Morgan Lutzi, art director Kurt Vinci, editor and writer Nick Passacreta, and huge thanks as always to my guy, Devin Sapelli. Next week on the podcast, I will be joined by the great and powerful Noah Aylher. Noah Aylher is one half of the award-winning photography company based out of Guilford, Connecticut, Tiny Human Photography, as well as an award-winning cyclist, writer, and director. But he is also the founder of Discover Your Path Tour, which was founded by Noah to inspire and help at-risk youth across the country who had a similar upbringing to Noah's. Through shelter visits, Noah hopes to share the story of how his bike saved his life and inspired communities to donate to shelters. We had a really great conversation covering how Discover Your Path Tour came to be, the making of the documentary, the journey, the path, and the drive behind it all, and it was an inspiring and uplifting conversation, and you will not want to miss out on this one. But until then, you know the deal. Stay safe, stay healthy, love you all, peace.